actually truly that makes some well let me just grab one i'm pretty sure they were like oh yeah iowa alcoholics let's just and also we have like hillbillies here that are like mountain dew i get my diet mountain dew for breakfast get one for lunch get one for dinner i've never had a mountain dew i've had okay no i was about to say i've had less than 10 but I've, i can say i've had less than 10 mountain dews in the past five years when i was in high school i went kind of hard on mountain dew code red but what, what uh what is the flavor um so the original is like lemon lime and oh. then the one that i like is like cherry flavored and then there's one called baja blast which is i don't know how to describe it like pineapples baja like imagine you're you're on the beach and they're like serving you some greenish drink that's what it tastes like i'm gonna grab one of these all right starting with the uh the, the black cherry they actually have really cool cans. Oh, that is pretty dope. Kind of looks like a, uh, I don't know, like a biker gang of some sort. But I don't even think. Oh man, dude, I'm just, I'm just so proud that Iowa finally got something that you guys don't have. Iowa's finally getting recognized here from Mountain Dew Hard Seltzer. Bro, what are, what are the chances that it's you? It's like you guys get it. Is Mountain Dew from Iowa or something? Dude, that tastes just that just tastes like Mountain Dew. Really? But no it sugar. It doesn't taste like alcohol. Like I don't taste a bit of alcohol in that. It said zero sugar, right? Yeah, zero sugar. Dude. These are fire, dude. Okay, here's kind of the deeper reason why I got them. It's because the company that makes them. I, dude, this is the lamest shit of my entire life. I can't even drink alcohol without having like a DD thing behind it. So I'm on my chart. It's called Sam, S-A-M. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Beer Company is what it is. That shit is down like, I think I texted Milo, our good buddy about it, but that shit is down from like 1600 bucks. Let me, let me get the exact numbers. 1300 bucks and it is $390 right now. And dude, I could literally see the hillbillies of America carrying this to like giving them some massive earnings beat because of mountain dew hard seltzer like why is it down so much i think it's because they've had like three bad earnings in a row because they're the maker of like truly seltzers and people haven't been like balls to the wall seltzers anymore um we went through that phase where people were like that was like the thing and now it's kind of you know backtracked but speaking of seltzer you got the OG. even though my throat is in fucking shambles right now. You're powering through with this high name. Yeah, tell them about tell them about what's going on with your throat. Dude, I feel like tell I've them been about st- how my wiener wrecked your throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's not for the podcast. Um Bro, I feel like I've been sick for like a month straight. I had COVID. I'm pretty sure it was COVID and then 
couple of weeks later, I uh, I get strep throat like four times a year. And if you've never had strep throat, you're, you won't understand. But strep throat is like the most miserable experience humanly possible. I know I'm exaggerating, but like you can't drink, you can't eat because it hurts that bad. You can't sleep. You you can't walk. You know, it hurts to walk. <laughs> like, bro, what kind of walking are you doing, I, bro? Dude, I don't know. Not power walking. It's like, we bro, walking. it hurts to do anything. Like, and you and you know how annoying it is. Like when you have a sore throat and shit, it's just yeah. super miserable. Yeah, and I mean, talking makes it fifty times worse. <laughs> get that, get bro. that dry throat in there too. I have this like spray stuff. You like spray one side and then you and then you flip it and you spray the other side and it like completely numbs my throat, which is kind of fire. But I also can't feel my tongue, so <laughs> can't taste anything. Then I bet either. Oh, it tastes like if you ever licked a battery, it tastes exactly like that. It tastes like battery acid. Oh, I don't know what it is, dude, but like metallic and shit. It tastes like spare change. That's it's kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, that's really gross. Yeah. Well, man, I hope you feel better in the near future. We had to push the podcast back a day because yesterday you were too bad. And I thought you were going to feel better maybe a little bit today. but No, to be honest, I feel worse today. <laughs> I texted you this morning. I was like, you want to do the podcast? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, ah, I hope he's feeling better then. <clears throat> well, yeah, you think if, if I do, if we do it tomorrow, then that would be Friday and it'd just be like a bitch to edit it. And Yeah, you'd be up all night. I mean, you're going to be up all night no matter what because you're throat, but... Yeah, dude, it's miserable. I remember when I had strep throat, I literally had the same exact thing where, like, I couldn't sleep because, like, I'd be trying to swallow my spit while I was sleeping, and I would wake up because it hurt so fucking bad. Yeah, you wake yourself up just trying to swallow. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's so bad. Um, All right. Well, we're going to talk a bit about – well, okay. I'm going to just outline a few things. We're going to talk about why you hate Star Wars, number one, because I can't get over that. Um, Dude, how fire was that gif I posted, though? Of General Grievous? I don't know what it was. Lightsabers? No, not that, bro. It was Yoda. He was riding on the back. Oh! Yeah, and he said, he said, in my in my pocket is not my what did it say yeah it said something like on your back it's not my lightsaber or something (laughs) super fire he's your back is not my lightsaber yeah that might have been it that was so funny (laughs) oh man dude that's fucking hilarious um we're gonna talk a little bit about russia too the russian war how to uh how to handle that via stocks how you can make money possibly if the market is to you know tank if it's going to um, keep up kind of this downtrend because right now it's kind of in a downtrend. It's kind of bouncing a little bit, but it's in a funky spot. So we're going to talk about how uh, you can maximize profits in a in an interesting um, economy, an interesting place nationally and worldwide. And then also Ant is going to talk micro macro stuff that he wants to uh, bring up based on the market this week. But I think we're going to start at Russia. So. For me, um, the biggest way that I've been attacking this is natural gas and oil. Um, I played Boyle calls. Uh, they're, they're the natural gas ETF. Um, I played them, you know, 36, 37 bucks, and it went to above 40, so made pretty solid gains there via that natural gas ETF and, and calls. Um, and the reasoning behind that is uh, Russia provides a ton of natural gas to Europe. 
And obviously people are going to start to sanction that natural gas and also just um, not accept it. So, you know, U.S. natural gas is going to be needed more. Um, oil is the other one. Oil is uh, something that Russia makes a ton of their money on. And, you know, it's going to start going into other hands as in the U.S., Saudi Arabia, um, all those other places that, that have a ton of oil. It's going to start to uh, be in their hands to create, find, drill, um, you know, send around the oil. And the other thing that I'm really interested in is uh, like gold, steel, that kind of stuff. And also like weapons plays like POWW. I'm really high on that one. Um, just because of civil unrest, but also gold is breaking out, I think. Let me pull this up. GLD. I posted a, a chart on Twitter of it breaking out. It's yep, still breaking out. Um, it's, where is it? It's 180. It was 171 um, at the beginning of February. So that's a big move for gold as well. Gold usually doesn't move all that much. So um, the fact that it's up 5% and out of this range because it's been trading in a range pretty well. Um, and in war times, usually gold, metals, steel, uh, weapons, uh, defense stocks go crazy. I know the defense, one of the defense ETFs is PPA, um, aerospace and defense ETF. That thing is kind of bonered the last few days um, or actually four days ago, five days ago. So February 25th and February 28th. It actually had really nice moves and it's out of the, the trading zone that it was in previously. And I think it's actually possibly above all time highs um, due to this Russia conflict. Uh, Boeing, RTX, all of these names that are our defense stocks. Those are ways that you can profit off of this whole Russian thing, which um, the other thing we got to talk about is the morality of profiting off of it. Um, some people have issues with it. I have no issue with it. It's just one of those things. Um, this is my job. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, buy whatever I need to buy. I'm going to sell whatever I need to sell to make money. If it's, you know, off of a war, it's off of a war. It is what it is. Um, obviously I don't want people to die. I don't want Ukraine to get invaded, but if that's what has to happen, if Putin's not going to stop, then I'm probably going to do my best to sell some, sell some, or buy some calls, sell some puts, whatever I'm going to do to profit off of this, uh, this civil unrest at war. I can't even call it civil unrest anymore. War. <clears throat> yeah. I think, um, Honestly, what I've been doing is uh, we've been seeing a lot of range throughout the day. Um, there was a couple days, one day this week, and then I believe it was last Thursday and Friday where we're gapping down a lot of days pre-market um, and then like running hard like recovering and running really hard i think there was a like 30 point day on the queues or a 20 some point day on the queues last week so like we've seen a ton of range um and that's honestly what i've been taking advantage of the most because that's the stuff i'm most comfortable playing options on um and they follow technicals very well and uh, everybody knows that I'm a, a big technical trader, so... Um, Wait, you are? No. It doesn't... It doesn't... <laughs> TA doesn't matter. That's um, what I see on Twitter all the time. Yeah. And uh, we can get into that, too, because it's <laughs> so stupid. But um, honestly, yeah, I've just been... I've just been playing the indices. There's just been so much range. Um, and we've seen really strong trend days where we'll stay in the same trend the majority of the day. Um, you know, you get these, and I want to talk about the micro and macro in a, in a little bit here, but uh, 
you'll see, or I can talk about it now. Um, you'll see, you know, the mac. What's the macro? The macro is the overall trend for the day or whatever time frame you're looking at. So we've seen. Like today, first half of today, we were in a downtrend, very steady downtrend. Um, And when you can recognize what the macro for the day, for the week, for the month is, or, you know, even looking at a longer time frame, you really can profit off that and realize that you're going to get these little micro movements. You know, if you're in a downtrend, you're going to get a little micro bounce, may form a bear flag or reject at a 920 EMA and then continue lower. Um same in an uptrend you may get a little micro pull back to the nine bounce um these micro movements really provide entry opportunities because you got to think you know if you're in a steady downtrend as you continue uh in whatever direction that trend is you continue to have a higher probability for a reversal you know things begin to get exhausted you're just not going to trend in one direction most of the time for a whole day um and we saw today what happened around lunch, I think it was, we reversed, began to run. Um, so playing these, you know, these micro pullbacks or bounces provide entry opportunities to then follow trends. So I played F-Cell today, was in a downtrend, had a really nice micro bounce, got rejected hard off the 9 EMA, and it was under demand. Um, and that was an opportunity for me to go short and get an entry to go short. Um, and I made about 75%, I think on the last bit of my puts, but, uh, yeah, I think that what I really wanted to talk about is I see a lot of people fighting the macro trends. They, they don't know how to distinguish these micro movements from a actual reversal in either direction. Um, and something to help you guys too, you know, if you're, if you're watching a trend and you're, uh, on, you know, you can't decide, is this just a micro move or is this an actual reversal? Um, for example, you know, you're in a downtrend, you want to see a higher low set in until a higher low set in, you may break the downtrend, but until a higher low set in, you really don't have confirmation of that trend reversal. Um, and same, same thing when you're in an uptrend, if you don't get that lower low that's set in or lower high, you're not going to really get confirmation that that's just not another micro movement. So, um, and that's mm-hmm. so, something I've been stressing in my discord. Um, I had a lot of people that were struggling. They were trying to fight that trend. Um, and you can profit off these micro moves, but what they're really there for are entry opportunities to then follow trend. Um, that may have sounded a little confusing, but essentially I'm just talking about what's a pullback versus um, an actual reversal. Yeah, I agree um, 110%. I think a lot of people really confuse, you know, um, those pullbacks with, I don't know how to say this the right way. People try to time the top and bottom. That's, I don't know. That's as simple as I can get it out. People try to time the top and bottom. They'll see like one candle or two candles and they think that that's, it's bottoming. Like this is support. It's bottoming. The only time that I would ever play, um, you know, one or two candles and I'll go um, long in the direction of reversal or short in the direction of reversal is if it's right out of a, a demand zone or out of a supply zone. Um, and or a key level. It's bouncing off of it hard with volume, with confirmation. So say it bounces and then it retests it and bounce back down, you know, or it bounces back up off of the retest with volume. Then I would possibly take possibly a reversal play. But if it's only one or two candles, you got to let things play out. You got to let things 
um, give you that higher low um, or lower high, like you were saying. But one of the things that I see a lot of people um, not taking into account when it comes to playing the micro and macro trend is when you're starting the day, you have your levels and you have your supply demand, you have whatever you're looking at via, um, you know, five minute chart, 10 minute chart, whatever it is. And say it breaks through um, all of your key levels to the upside. Everyone is at that point trying to time reversals in my discord and I'm constantly saying like, Powell's about to speak, got to go puts or blah, 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 got to go puts. I'm like, guys, there's a clear trend right here. We're going to snatch pullbacks and we're going to go long. Like they have, like someone has the power. It's so much easier when someone has the power. If bulls have the power on something, obviously if a reversal comes, we're going to play it. But as of right now, whoever has power, we're going to ride with them. We're not going to ride with who has been overtaken for the first hour and a half of the day, like someone who's gotten ran over. Um, granted, if the stock, if it's up, if SPY is up, you know, 2%, then it's a little different story. Then we get into wary grounds. But if it's up fifth, um, half half a percent to a percent, there's still room. You know, you got to ride that trend all the way out until, until it shows reversal signs. You don't want to be the person who tries to time that reversal. Um, and the other thing, too, is, is, you have those levels if it doesn't pick a trend if it just wants to bounce between levels or supply and demand trade it trade it between them trade it in that zone that zone is is a, a gift from from god it's a gift just okay here's a level here's a level spy bounce 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 mm -hmm. bounce trade it if it goes down a level and comes back up trade it do whatever you got to do um if it doesn't establish a trend trade the zone if it if it establishes a trend trade the trend yeah that that range too that you're talking about <clears throat> Um, I know in your discord, um, I had already shared it in my discord. It was one of the lessons, I think a week or two ago, that accumulation and distribution little lesson that I shared with you guys. And th that's the thing too, you know, if something's trading in a range, um, if you're not familiar with the Wyckoff market cycle and accumulation and distribution, essentially it's, you know, for accumulation, you're looking for our higher lows setting in, um, and you can trade that range and you can also identify, okay, within this range, are there higher lows setting in? Because this is probably due to break out and then this the opposite for distribution. Is it resisting at the top and, <clears throat> you know, making lower lows? Um, if so, it probably is going to break down. So, yeah, those ranges between a supply and a demand level... Dude, those can be money because like like Teddy said, you can just trade that range um, and it's it's minimal risk too, depending where you enter. Um, yeah. And something else that really helped me, and I talked about this in that accumulation distribution lesson, is the, uh, the composite man theory. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, I'm not, no. The composite man theory essentially is thinking of, you know, one entity that controls the market like you can think of it as like a human a person whatever that a single a singular thing that controls the market and the fact that you know he's doing making all these moves to try to shake you out of positions to try to you know collect your money um he's trying to you know take money from you and it's not it's the stock market's not meant to be you know taken advantage of but if you think of it with that composite man theory, you know, you can begin to spot areas where you can see, um, you know, oh, well, he's shaking people out here to buy in cheaper or vice versa, um, similar to how people think MMs work. Um, but that composite man theory, you know, it also talks about 
when you take trades, you know, don't expect anything out of it. Um, you know, you're basing your entries or you should be basing your entries off technicals, conviction, whatever it may be. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like that claw machine. You know that claw machine you you, you play where you win one out of a hundred times? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, you're supposed to think of it like that, you know, you chance you don't chance things don't work things don't work out there's a chance that you know um it goes against you but if you're still taking technical entries and you're still taking smart entries um it really can take a lot of that emotion out of trading which i know a lot of people struggle with the emotional aspect of of trading um it's very very psychological yeah i think the other thing too is is technical exits um, we don't talk about that enough because people I've noticed struggle a lot with deciding when to exit. Um, a lot of people will double down based on emotions when all you need to do is cut when the setup fails, when the setup fails that you got in for, if there's two setups or three setups, because sometimes I'll have a setup on the five minute, one on the 10 minute, one on the 15. I actually did this today. Um, I had a setup on the five minute for INDO. And then I also had a setup on the 15 minute and a 10 minute. The five minute failed, but I had the 10 minute in my back pocket. So I sent another leg in. So I doubled down on my leg and then the 10 minute ended up working out and I got like 8% out of a comments trade, which is pretty solid. Um, but if those setups were to fail, say I only had a five minute setup and the 10 minute, I mean, didn't look like anything. 15 didn't look like anything. Once that setup fails, if, it, if it's a flag, if the volume distribution or if the volume profile gets messed up, um, uh, you got to exit if, you know, there's a high volume, but it's a stuff candle. So like your, your, your stock tried to break out of the flag and then it gets stuffed and it's high volume. Okay. You got to see what that, that is for it. Even if it's flagging, um, still, and that, that candle is still in line with the flag. You have to see through that. You have to see, okay, well, they tried to run, they couldn't run. So why would they be able to run on the next candle? Yeah. They're probably going to get stuffed further down. Um, it could be anything like that, or it could be, you know, a head and shoulders that the shoulder doesn't work out right. Um, it could be, you know, just a demand zone that they knife through that you didn't expect them to. Um, as soon as that setup fails with confirmation, say it's, you know, like I said, the the high volume stuff candle, say it's a breakthrough demand and then a confirmation because it retests it. Any of that kind of stuff, you just have to exit. That has to be your rule. You have to exit when, um, one of your rules or one of your setups um, doesn't work out and or a setup arises against it. Uh, because there's a lot of times where I'll be playing something like a, a head and shoulders or something. And then, you know, a flag will arise and then it'll look good the opposite way that I'm in and then got to get out. I can't be in on something that I'm telling myself, all right, well, there's kind of a setup in the opposite direction now. Like it's, yep. it's developed the opposite way. Um, so yeah, you just have to cut those. I actually have a good friend in the Discord. I won't name him, but he had a really rough day because he just doubled down on a stock. Um, and I talked to him. I was like, I know you're a good trader. He's he's actually a really good trader. Um, you're a good trader. You've come so far. You just have to realize like those doubling down moments are purely in your head. They're purely psychological. It's purely, it's like having really bad anxiety. If anyone who's listening to this has really bad anxiety, it lies to you. It just completely lies to you. So does the stock market. So does the emotions that come with the stock market. It lies to you as in like double down, like take, uh, you know, take more shares, take more contracts. It'll be all right. We'll get you, you'll get back to even. You'll probably go green. I mean, if you double down, you're going to have more money. And so if it flips, you're going to make like way more money, like in your head, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's all bullshit. You just have to follow the technicals. You have to be a machine. You have to just cut when the setup fails, uh, take profit quick and just constantly 
you know, pound it out, bam, one day, bam, the next day, bam, the next day. And once you do that, once you cut when the setup fails enough times, then um, it's just going to become a part of your trading and you won't even feel like you took a loss. You'll feel like it was a win because you're like, all right, well, I cut when the setup failed. Now it's down crazy the other direction. So, I mean, that's a win for me in my book sometimes. Um, if I avoid a big loss because I was able to follow my rules, I'll take it any day. Yeah, because, you know, if you, <clears throat> even if, even if you do double down and it does work out, but in reality, it really isn't a good winning strategy. You're just going to develop bad habits and, um, yep. you know, you'll continue doing that until it burns you. And then you'll think, well, I, f I have success doing this. I just got burned one time. Um, I'm going to continue to do it. And then you get burned again. And it's just creates this snowball effect of inconsistency and you get burned hard too if you like oh, yeah. the longer you are good at it like the longer you are successful with it you're gonna get burned like for like 50 percent of your account if you like if you get lucky three or four times where you double down and double down and then it comes back and you like make money you're gonna get burned for like half your account one of these times if you're in oh. options and you are like yoloing 50 60 percent of your account into stuff just because i'm doubling down i'm doubling down you're going to get fucking smacked hard. That happened to me. Like when I first did options, um, I didn't have a good strategy and I just doubled down on a play. Like, I think it was like, it wasn't even spy. It was like a random large cap, maybe like Apple or something. I doubled down on something like four times because I got emotional and dude, I lost like for me, like 8% of my account was a big hit. And that was like back when I first started options, like year ago, year something ago. Um, and I already had a pretty big sized account by then. So I was like, shell-shocked i was like what the fuck just happened then you yeah. got to go back to the drawing board figure out the figure out the rules but yeah, yeah don't let the don't let the bad habits become habits don't let them like you know manifest into your trading strategy yeah i have i see you know i see a lot of people too where they'll have a crazy if they just took profit at you know scaled out like they should like we always talk about um let some ride if they have contracts available um i talk to people all the time they they tell me yeah i'd have like a 80 percent uh 80 percent win percentage um and i'm like yeah like that's incredible but you just have to then execute it's one thing you know to talk about it and realize it and review things in hindsight but it's a whole different thing to actually do it in real time. And another thing people struggle with is they'll only hold one. Con we talked about this on your on your live about somebody has one contract of something and they don't want to scale out or they don't want to sell it. Well, they can't scale out, but they don't want to sell it at 10, 15, 20 yep. percent because they don't think it'll make a difference on their account. And then they end up holding it. It goes green to red and you know, it just, again, creates this snowball effect of inconsistency and whatever else. Dude, if you guys are playing with one, if you're a new options trader and you're playing with one contract, you absolutely have to take money off the table when it's there. Think about it. So Every you make two, three trades a day at 10, 15, 20% a piece. That is very, very, very good. Until you have the ability to buy multiple contracts of something, let's say you buy two contracts you bet your ass you're still scaling out at 10, 15%. And then maybe you let that one ride, but you better not let that one that you're letting ride go against you to the point where it knocks out any gains that you made selling that 
prior contract. Stop loss at even, dude. At minimum, at minimum. And that mm-hmm. just ensures, you know, you win the trade no matter what happens. So there's a lot of little things that you just kind of develop them with experience, screen time, going through them. The big, the, the biggest lessons you learn are from losses, from losing money. Every single time you lose money, you should take something away from it. Um, I, I see, I was talking about this too. It's just like, dude, people, there's a, there's an impatience phase of trading where people begin to realize, well, this is not as easy as I thought it was, or they begin to become impatient and think, well, when am I going to be successful? And they've been trading for like three months. I'm like, people don't understand that it takes time it's not just you know i'm gonna do this for a couple couple months and be successful so so many things that we could talk about um those are just certain things that i've seen pop up lately yeah i am um, actually today just finished a small account options challenge um it was based on swing trading options which i honestly have never swing traded options until this small account challenge it was something that i was like maybe i can you know get more into after i uh do this challenge after the challenge i have no interest in in having any more money that is not a good time i started the small account with 800 bucks um and I'll tell you, the swing trading options will never find its way into my large account. Not even close. Nope. It won't. Like I would not even trade. I will. I wouldn't even take a day trade position size on a swing trade. There's so many factors, dude. This yeah. this market. I learned so much shit from this, bro. Like people who have smaller accounts than um, like people who are experienced traders get fucked by the whole scaling in and scaling out thing, like a big time. Yeah. Um, and also people who you know are on Robinhood still um, and our margin accounts get fucked big time because I know tons of people that um, they don't understand theta delta IV and they'll take like a swing. That's like a weekly and they won't understand why it's down the next day when um, the theta was like one fourth of the contract and they won't understand why they didn't make any money. The stock will go up a bit Um Delta won't be enough to, you know, make up that theta loss or the IV will be like 300% and they'll take it. And then all of a sudden the next day they get IV crushed big time in the first 30 minutes. Um, But the biggest thing I learned from that is uh, the fact that they can't scale in and out is the worst possible thing. Like the one, the fact that you could have one contract be a fourth of the account swinging it is fucking despicable like like i get it like it it is what it is but like you should not be if you have an account less than five grand i think um swing trading options is probably not for you and i have i have a larger account and i I will not even touch it because it's so stressful and so risky um and dude the other thing too that that i learned actually let me just pull up this thread because i actually wanted to talk a bit about it um Okay, so my number one was macro. Macro events are literally everything. You have to know what news to expect. You also, you honestly kind of have to have a crystal ball. Like if you could, if the market, like in the market we're in right now, if you swing something that's um, not like an oil, natural gas, something like that, defense stock, Russia news comes out, you're going to be down like 
40% come the morning. Oh, if like dude. your stock is down like a percent or two, if like spy gaps down, futures are bad. Um, it's, it just sucks. And then also number, the second one I had was, this is the one I want to talk about the most future. Um, our further expiration is usually better via like Delta, Theta, blah, 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 whatever. You get more time. You don't have as much decay, but you can't afford them on a small account. Mm-mm. Dude, like if I like, I could not afford anything out like more than like a couple weeks on a, uh, on like a large cap in this $800 account. And even if I was going like a week out, it was literally like half of my account I was using. Yeah. So like if I was using half my account, the risk reward is horrible for that because I'm holding it overnight. If I go any further out to make the risk reward better, it's like my full account in one single trade. Yeah. It was horrible. It was fucking terrible. Um, and then I tried a small cap. So I thought I was going to do like some small cap thing because I was like, oh, small caps, that'll be easier. The, the, it'll be super cheap. It was fucking horrible. The stock would move and the fucking premiums wouldn't move either. It mm-hmm. was terrible. Like yeah. there were literally like people, I could see people like smacking our premiums down at some point and then smacking them up. And it was literally like not correlated to the stock very much. Yeah. I traded CEI. That's what the, that's what it was. It was CEI calls. And it literally like wouldn't move. Like CEI would move up and my calls would move down and then CEI would move down and my calls would move up. And it was like the complete, it was just, it was horrible. Um, you need and like then, a really impulsive move to move that shit. Like, uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy, dude. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, I was watching their premiums and I was like seeing like the kind of like the the bid and ask move, and I was like, why are there like five hundred coming in on the ask now? And then it would be like down back down to like twenty, and then all of a sudden five hundred would come in on the bid when it reversed the opposite direction. I was like, dude, I'm gonna have to sell when it's down because I'm gonna like, yeah, I'm gonna lose less money because my premiums are gonna go up. But, um. And then I just, the last thing I just said is it's so stressful. Like swinging options is not for people oh, dude. without iron balls. Like you have to have the trying to sleep at night time. I do. There were a couple of times where I couldn't sleep and that was an $800 account. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I could not believe it. I was, I was trading with that. And I literally, I was like a couple of times I was like, man, dude, boil, boil's got to go. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, natural gas, natural gas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is not how I could not live. If I had any more than this, this money in this stupid little fucking options. Yeah. That's why dude, I, you know, I, I love scalping options because, you know, I'm basically just playing supply and demand zones or, you know, I may play a 9 and 20 rejection, whatever it is, you know, um, and I can be in and out. You know, I played F-Cell today. I was up 30% in probably a minute. So it's, Jeez. yeah, like Damn. that doesn't happen all the time, but. I can play IWM, Qs, Spy, um, and if what I think is going to happen happens, you know, the, those move, those are pretty volatile, so I can get in and out. I don't have to hold shit and, and think about it all night, and then uh, yep. I would never, you know, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, swing trading commons is so much better, man. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I love swing trading commons, and I'll do that probably dude once the market gets back to a swing market i'm gonna be fucking ecstatic i love this whole scalping options thing it's really fun but i mean when i can actually go back to swing trading that'll be beautiful make like a year's salary one day like when a catalyst hits or something and your stock goes like 40 percent, something crazy shit like that um but 
swing trading commons is so much different because like if the stock goes down like overnight it's going to be like three to four percent at the most most of the time unless it's like a terrible stock then it'll be like five or six percent unless it's a low flow antonia acosta (laughs) fuck (laughs) bro he's dude he's that dude is the worst i don't even know if that's a real person antonio acosta he might be a meme account he might have to be for saying remove your stop losses what uh yeah that's a, a meme um, account bro dude why do you hate star wars i've been i've been itching to ask <laughs> bro i don't even think i've ever seen it then be. how can you hate it because I, I just do- know lord of the rings is better i'm a i'm gonna actually get like heated here in a second dude trading chat i can pull it up and you're literally in there saying like star wars sucks you were you're trying to trigger my my gang i just like going in there posting i like going in there posting the hasbulla meme where he does this in the chair and just (laughs) bouncing i'm gonna go into i'm gonna go into your butcher shop and just be like hasbulla's a little bitch and leave and see what happens wait until you see bro the emojis we have are hasbulla so you'll get all hasbulla shit yeah bro that's so funny (laughs) Um, yeah, but I can't believe that you were hating on Star Wars. You can't even get into the club. You're hating. You can't even get in. I, can't I honestly shouldn't. Shit. I honestly shouldn't hate. I just, <laughs> dude, Lord of the Rings is fucking good though. I have nothing bad to say about yeah, Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings. Is really good. Um, even though each movie like is like Hobbit? four hours. Yeah. Yeah, they're so long. I like the Hobbit. Um, the best is when you can get people that are obsessed with Harry Potter um they're like super passionate about that shit um, dude harry potter if you go back and watch the movies they're so bad acting like oh, the kids dude. are horrible they were made a long time ago too yeah um those books were legit though i read the books they were pretty fucking good yeah i read some of the books you know what you know what books were really good did you ever read the series of unfortunate events i loved dude, those, bro. oh my god i loved those dude. books when I was a kid, I started at Magic Treehouse. Those were so good. I moved to like, like Judy Moody Judy, something like that, some crazy like detective lady mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then I moved to like this group of kids who were like solving mysteries. I don't remember what that was called. And then I jumped to Goosebumps. Goosebumps was, dude. I was so scared. Sidetrack story. I watched Night of the Living Dummy one time, and I had to sleep in my parents' bedroom for like <laughs> a month straight. It was so terrifying. I was like eleven. <laughs> um, and then i moved straight into series of unfortunate events and then no no no. no. in between that and series of unfortunate events i read the warrior cat book did you ever read that Mm -mm. it was like these cats they had a gang bro (laughs) there were like there were like literally 50 books and i can remember it's by this this author named aaron hunter um it's like these cats that like live in the woods and they like have like a hierarchy and they like fight each other like there's a war between like the like cats that are like they're like the the ginger cats versus the like gray cats or something and they like fight and shit and like it's just hilarious like you you'd hear about like one of them that got like attacked on his way home from picking berries across it was just fucking nuts (laughs) but i read that and then a series of unfortunate events then harry potter um and then i tried to read twilight but then i got made fun of by my sister um so i never read twilight ever again because she called me some bad words back in the day bro that's uh what else did i read oh it was like the percy jackson you ever those read those ones baller. yeah dude i read those, those fucking good those honestly might be now like i'm reading of all time now i'm reading a super fun you want to see what book i got on my desk i've already read this like three times <clears throat> the intelligent investor by benjamin graham and then number two 
podcast planner. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Um, yep. That yeah, we've been doing that in my Discord. We uh, we've been reading that technical analysis masterclass together. I thought that was might have been a good idea, and we've been. Uh, I think we're on like chapter five or something, and that's been I might fun. Need to order that. It's really you good. You recommend it enough? Yeah, dude. It's very good. That's where oh, I, I sent you. I sent you that um, that that yeah, candlestick no, 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 chart. No, that thing was fucking sick. Yeah, dude. That's from the, that book. The candlestick thing. The, how they move. Yeah, that's from that book. It talks about all that, a bunch of different yeah, things. I saw that in live, and I couldn't believe my eyes because I've been trying to like formulate that in my head because I constantly think about that, like how sticks move to end up mm-hmm. where they end up. Yep. And then the when you just, like sent that, I was literally just like, "That's it. That's it." Yeah. Isn't that yeah? You don't. I've I've never seen another diagram like that outside of that one that shows how they move. I dude, I googled. Okay, I'll be honest. I could probably go find it in my search history, but I I googled sticks moving during moving like many times. (laughs) Like I googled like how do candlesticks move? How do candlesticks end up the way they are? How do candlesticks with volume move during the candle? <laughs> like five different try. I tried to figure it out in like a bunch of different ways, and I couldn't find it. So when you sent that, I was literally like, mm-hmm. "That's fucking what I was looking for a few yeah, days ago." Yeah, it's genius. There's uh, it talks about dude. It like it gets into supply and demand. It gets into micro. It gets into everything, and it's like it's it's really beginner friendly. And I think it was like four dollars. It's like one dollar on the Kindle. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, dude, I feel like we got to talk about these candlesticks now. The if you pair those candlesticks, like the thing that you were just talking about, like how the candle forms mm-hmm. with volume, it's like unbeatable. Like if oh, you yeah. have a hammer candle um, with high volume, like that's like the best indicator of all time. Like like yeah. that, or even like any other. Like like I'm looking at spy right now, bro. If you go back to the daily candle on January 24th go back to the daily candle it's a high ass volume hammer candle and then if you would have went long on that you would have like seen a run right up to fucking 457 and then if you would have went short on the the what is that a gravestone candle on february 10th which is pretty high volume with a tall ass upper wick you would have went all the way down to like 411 like there's it's just volume i guess it's volume price analysis candlestick volume analysis whatever you want to call it but that shit is like unbeatable when it comes to day trading especially like swing trading it's useful but day trading that shit is next level dog dude if you can that's the thing if you can get good with reading candlesticks that's why some days i've talked about this before i'll use no indicators outside of supply and demand um and volume because if you can get good with that like reading candlesticks and you know what wicks mean and and spotting heaviness in either direction dude you i mean you really don't need much more than that when you're when you're day trading or scalping yeah i agree man like volume candlesticks um maybe like chart setups here and there Mm-hmm. key levels that's all you need i mean 9 ema helps 20 ema helps um but necessarily you don't even need 9 ema and 20 ema as much as you need the others um, but here's the thing that i always tell people is once you get to a point where you've looked at candlesticks and volume for so long um sometimes i don't even 
like correlated in my head. My head just already has the idea of what's going to happen. Like when I see these candles in my head, like on spy, I'm just on the daily on spy just because I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, on the 24th to 28th, like my head, I don't even like formulate the idea of there's a lot of lower wicks, but it just tells me there's going to be a short-term bounce. Like I just already can see it. And that would happen um, day trading. That's honestly like 90% of my trades are just like, I have to actually think why I'm taking that trade yeah. when I alert it to like, when I'm talking to people, like when I'm on live, I have to tell them, why am I taking this? When in my head, I'm just like, I'm going to take that. Like, I just like hit the hotkey and it's like, okay, I'm going long, hit the mm -hmm. hotkey. And it's, and then I tell people like why I went long based on what I see on the chart. But after I'd say that point for me hit like probably um, a year into my like day trading when I started to get consistent a year into it, I started to just like put things together in my head rather than um, like have to like be like, that is a bear flag or that's a demand touch and a bounce. Like rather than having to have it in my head, I just could tell it was just purely, I guess, in my gut, which I think that's something to tell people. Like it does get a little easier. Like once you, once you break that point, things get a little bit easier because you can just look at something and be like bearish, bullish, bearish, mm -hmm. bullish. You know, people, I, I talk about that too. Like <clears throat> when people start getting into supply and demand, they're like, dude, how do you draw the level so fast? Or like, I'll be live streaming and live trading and I'll just throw, I'll, I'll see a new demand zone or new supply zone. I'll just draw it in right there. And, um, people will say, well, how do you get, how do you do all that without looking at the ATR first and all this? I'm like, guys, like. I've been doing it for so long. You have to understand it's like anything else, you know, it's like anything new. You start the first time you start trying to cook, you're going to be horrible at it. The first time you try to play, <laughs> first time you try to play a sport, you're going to be horrible at it. You know, what is that called? It's, um, uh, what's that word called when you, you know, you're just self subconsciously good at something. Um, um it's something to do with your mind. It's like it's like intuition, but it's like something else. It's not intuition. It's like whatever. I don't. Yeah, it's something like that. It's um. I'm gonna Google. I gotta. Google. It's when you do something re repetitively, and then you're just. I forget. What that oh, it's like your. It's like your mind muscle, but it's. My, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. My, I'm just. I'm googling mind muscle. Other word. Muscle memory. Uh, muscle memory. Muscle. That's memory. what it is. There it so, is. That's yeah. It's just like you just are able to identify things. And like Teddy said, you're able to just look at something. You don't even have to have indicators on your chart <clears throat> and you can just tell, but you guys have to understand, you know, we're sitting, we're sitting at our desks looking at shit, you know, 12 hours a day, mm -hmm. 15 hours a day. You guys have to understand it, you know, when you're putting that much time into it, <clears throat> you'll get good. It's screen time, and that's the best practice is just looking at things. So, read books, watch videos, Google stuff, actually yep. trade, paper trade. If if you hit your goal, paper trade. Um, that's what a lot of guys in my Discord do. Like they'll hit their one percent a day because one percent a day, um, you know, isn't really that hard to hit if you have like a smaller account and you're using a larger position size. Like if you're on like your 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 a contract is fifty to twenty five percent of your account, one percent a day is pretty easy to hit. It's just yeah. like one like couple percenter. Um 
So then they'll paper trade after the fact um, and, you know, get good at just identifying setups. And, you know, if they fail, it's not that big of a deal, um, which that's a pretty that's a pretty solid um, advice or, you know, tip that they they have. I actually didn't even think that hard about it. I always thought paper trading was like something to do at the beginning of trading when you didn't actually know what you were doing. But it's a great tool to use. Even if you're a yeah. solid trader, you want to try something new. You want to uh, just keep trading when you've hit your goal for the day, because a lot of times I hit my goal for the day and I feel like I need to, you know, maybe keep watching. So I just keep watching the screen and, you know, like write down some shit like I think I go long here. I think I go short here, um, which is essentially paper trading without actually having a paper account. But um, yeah, paper trade, if you've hit your goal, it's uh, it's it's really beneficial to learning setups, just repetition, repetition, building that muscle in your head, uh, which that muscle, dude, when it gets strong, that thing is a machine. That thing is something to be um, be scared of. I know some some dudes. I actually have a couple friends who have been trading for probably like fifteen to twenty years, uh, day trading actually, not even like swing trading or anything. And they'll just text me and like it's not even like a question. They'll just be like going long, blah blah blah, for one hour. Then I'm gonna sell, and then like an hour later, I'll look and they'll be up like eight percent or something on like mm-hmm. a common. Like, like these dudes just like you can just eventually like it just grows and grows and grows. It's um, compounding and yeah, it's it's like compounding an account, but it's just that muscle. That muscle yeah. just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Well, you want to talk some uh, some stocks here really quick? Sure. I was going to. Let's see here. I had a couple. Oh, dude. I meant to say this earlier, bro. Somebody commented, I don't know, this might have been a week ago or something. They DM me. I keep my DMs open on Twitter. Somebody DM me and they said, oh, blah, 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 I was watching the podcast. I didn't know your lips were that big. (laughs) I said, what? There's a guy. I said, said, what? Fat juicers. (laughs) I said, I said, what, bro? Like, what? What is said, what are you even you talking? Like what are you even trying to get at? <laughs> dude, that's fucking weird to be honest. Yeah, dude, I I I'm not gonna lie, I blocked him. I'm like, what the fuck? They were like, you got some big lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's looking at our lips when we're like we're talking, obviously, but you think people would not be staring at our lips? Yeah, said I didn't realize you your lips were so big. I said, bro, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you didn't realize it? <laughs> I don't even know who you are. That's funny as fuck, dude. They were just like, hey, you got some fat lips. Yeah, like, thanks, dude. <laughs> uh, all right. The first one, um, we've talked about this one quite a bit, AMC. So I got it pulled up. I actually took some puts on their, their earnings report because I knew their earnings report was going to be good, but I thought it was baked in. Um, and it turned out that I was right, but I didn't make any money because – it ended like I think it opened like minus two percent uh, mm-hmm. the next day, and so my my theta burned burned any profits I would have had. But um, for me, I think this one is uh, pretty bearish at the moment. Uh, I know we've always been bearish on AMC, and this is not me being bearish because it's AMC. This is just me looking at the chart. Um, I think it's pretty bearish because if I look at the weekly. Um, it seems to be some sort of like a bear flag off of the 200 MA on the weekly. And I think daily too. What's that? I'm looking at the daily. There's a nice, real nice bear flag on the daily. 
Yeah, it just, I mean, it just looks pretty tight and it's been consolidating over the levels from, uh, you know, to, when is that? March of 2021, um, January of 2021. And I think it's ready to actually maybe make a move down to uh, below those levels because it's been consolidating, but I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it's time. This one's ready to go down into the low teens, maybe even hit 10 bucks. Yeah, dude, did you see, uh, did you see my, what I tweeted last night? It may have been a little bit harsh, but, um, about that AMC, that chick that was tweeting about AMC. I didn't see that, but I got something to say after this. You go ahead. She, she, her tweet was like, I can't believe I was ever using supply and demand to, to to determine market direction when I could have just been holding AMC this whole time. (laughs) I was like, dude, you would have been losing money. What do you mean? I just can't tell. I really genuinely can't tell if these people are just completely trolling or if they're actually serious. But if they're actually serious, I feel like what in the world? I think they're actually serious. Like, I don't usually you know who sh- You know who showed me that Biff? Biff? Mm-hmm. Dude, Biff is my fucking boy. I love Biff. Yeah, me oh. too. He's kind of my. Is he in your Discord? Mm-hmm. Dude, I love Biff. He's he's my tech guy in Slappy Central. He always gets me help with the bots and stuff because I'm like an old grandpa when it comes to technology. But um, I think those people are serious, man. And I don't usually say this, but like, there's some real fucking idiots. There's some real fucking idiots. Like, everyone who's watching this is gonna know exactly who I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna say names. The person who said that no one should be worried about Russia. Russia has fucking nuclear weapons. Yeah. Like, obviously, we don't need to be like, I can't go to work because I'm so worried about Russia. Like, not that, but like, we should not be like thinking, oh, Dude. Russia is like a nothing. Russia is a big fucking country with a big fucking military with a crazy dictator with nuclear fucking weapons. I need to show you this video. Oh, my goodness. And someone said it was laughable to be scared of Russia. Dude, I'm scared of any war. It could be literally fucking like Tasmania off the coast of Africa with one nuclear bomb. And I'd still be like, hey, I don't want war because that's kind of scary. What if they killed people in America? Like, that would be pretty sad. What if they killed anybody? That'd be pretty sad. Dude, you need to watch this video. I dove into a a deep, dark black hole last night. Where did you send it to me on? on? I'm going to send it. I'm going to text it to you on YouTube. This video was put out two years ago, and the title of it, I don't know if anyone's seen it, says, what if there was a nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia? Go watch the intro of the video. The guy literally talks about the conflict with Ukraine, them trying to join NATO, like, to a T. And I kept looking at it. I'm like, there's no way. This had to have been, like, edited or something or updated, and it wasn't. This was put out two years ago. Oh, I'm watching it. Dude, it's like it it actually blew my mind. <clears throat> Good thing you said that cuz I just remembered it, but Dude, I was actually so heated. I deleted a tweet. I only have think I've deleted like five or less tweets on my my Fake Teddy account because I didn't want to start like drama because there's been like the last month there's been more drama than I've ever had on Twitter. Okay, I'm watching this. But yeah. I deleted that tweet because I didn't want drama, but like the dude's a fucking idiot. Like, 
you shouldn't be scared of Putin. Okay, I'm not scared of Putin himself, but I'm obviously worried that they have nuclear fucking weapons and yeah. NATO is against Russia. Like, it's just fucking. Mm. Yeah, it's a mess. I'm seven seconds in and it's already telling me. Dude. Bro, I thought it was updated. It talks I'm gonna stop it at 35 seconds, but dude, you need to watch it after this. He like, exactly. if you go look at all the comments, everyone's seeing the same shit. Like, dude, why is this like incredibly accurate to a T? And dude, I was watching you it. Said exactly what's going on. I was yeah. Wait until you wait until you get more into what it. I'm like, fuck? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And dude, no, no, no. no. I think the beginning it says the date. Go back to the beginning and watch the beginning right now. It yeah. says something about... It, it says, says March 4th, 2022. Let me listen. The date is March 4th. The date is March 4th. March 4th, which it's March 3rd, but like... It's March 3rd, but it's... Okay, it's, it's a couple days, like... Jeez, dude. <clears throat> like, that's crazy. <clears throat> um, Jeez, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. All right. <sighs> I'm honestly shell-shocked. He literally said it's March 4th. Yeah, wait until you watch the rest of it. Russia is invading. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let me pull up my next stock. All right. So my next stock is BA Boeing. This is a defense stock. Um, aerospace, defense, military. Um, it's kind of beaten down. Not overly beaten down, but uh, since... 20 it was in 2020 it was 333 bucks now it's 188 bucks um the daily is uh kind of tight on it but i don't really know what to think about this it seems like it has kind of a quad bottom maybe even five bottoms but when it gets to five bottoms i start to think that it's going to break um so i want your thoughts first and then i'll give you my thoughts because i don't really i haven't formulated them yet if i'm being honest um, <clears throat> it looks like it's beginning to set up in one gigantic descending wedge, like one really big ass one. Um, mm-hmm. it double topped off this trend line on the 10th, the 18th and the 15th of November. Um, and just based off trend lines, it looks like it has room down to like 182. Um, and then if it bounces, it looks like it'll continue in that downtrend a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good. It it, it definitely does not look good. Um, if we're just going off technicals, we probably end up around like 182.5. Like I said before, um, we probably see a, a relief bounce or you know, um, a, a reversal. So I, I, it definitely doesn't look good though. Yeah. Um, I know I played this out of the demand zone because the demand is kind of like 188. What is that? 188.50, maybe to like 185. Yeah. Uh, I played it out of that demand zone on the 24th and 25th. And that was pretty nice. But um, once something tests a level, like over three or four times, I start to really question the strength of that level because if if the level was strong enough, why would it test it again? Like, why would it just keep coming down? Um, yeah. 
So I'm kind of bearish on this. I kind of think even though we're in a war, um, I also know, I also just saw there's a documentary about Boeing and how shitty it is on Twitter or on, not on Twitter, on uh, Netflix. I was actually going to watch it maybe tonight or tomorrow um, just because I wanted to see what it had to say because Boeing's a huge company. I didn't realize how big Boeing is uh, until I looked market cap and all that kind of stuff. Boeing is massive. Boeing does a ton for our military. Boeing does a ton for our aerospace uh, defense. So they're a huge company. And so I wanted to see what they had to say on like the kind of, because I figured it was going to be kind of a, a hack job on it. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if I believed it, but I'm kind of bearish. Cause I think like, this is not a good chart setup. Like it's higher or it's lower, lower highs, sorry, lower highs every single couple weeks. And then also um, this quad bottom, which is testing for a fifth time. Like, all right, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bearish on it. I'll go, I'll go bullshit with like a high conviction bullshit. Like I'm like 95% yeah, sure. It doesn't look good at all. Yeah, maybe I should take puts on it. Maybe I should, maybe I should go uh, go big time puts on it. You know but what else doesn't look good? Ever. What's that? Wish, dude. Didn't they have pretty decent earnings? Let me go look. I can't remember if they beat <laughs> or if they missed. I stopped paying attention. They to beat. That. Yeah, no, 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 they beat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they missed. They missed revenue by like. 20 million, which is not that much. It's like 5% of what they were expected, but they beat EPS by 50%. So like technically, if you're thinking about it on a fundamental side, that's a pretty good earnings. Um, and they, they still fucking died. Like <laughs> this thing, this thing might go negative. It might be the first stock ever to go negative. <laughs> like, this shit is going to be in the OTC soon, bro. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen For though? Real. You know, it might, it may honestly get bought out. It's so dirt cheap that. I could see it. I could really see it like someone big coming in. Like, dude, I feel like someone from overseas, if they buy this, would be like crazy, crazy. Because isn't Wish based? Is Wish based? It's not based in America, is it? I think it's Chinese, isn't it? That's what I thought. I thought it was Chinese. So if like JMIA from Africa bought it or like, you know, OZON. Yeah, if Alibaba bought it, like one of those companies bought it. Um, It'd be totally JD. It'd be totally. You know who should buy it? AMC. Oh, dude! It comes with it comes with a wish toy at every single. Did you see AMC is charging for more for like better movies? Like they were like, like high quality events. They're charging like twenty bucks a ticket or something. Oh, bro! Like eight dollars for a bag of popcorn is not bad enough. I know, right? Like you, you order a pop, and they're like four fifty. Yeah, a bottle of water is like six bucks. It's the worst shit ever. Yeah. I can't believe that they would actually do that. Like, charge more for better movies. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, movie theaters are, I don't... I Dude, would... the Wish chart is so depressing. If you just look at Dude, it. Dude, you know what? I, I want to say this earlier. You know what I saw the other day, and I thought it was actually... It actually looked really cool, is this person was posting these minimalist charts with like no indicators. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like no indicators, like really zoomed out and they were like very, very tiny in the center of the screen. And it actually looks super dope. Um, I must start doing that now. It actually looks super dope. But yeah, this, uh, this wish chart is, 
Bro, imagine buying at thirty one seventy five or thirty two bucks. <laughs> like, imagine being that. There has to be one dude in the world that was like, "Bro, Wish is the best fucking stock ever at thirty two fifty. Like, imagine buying it in June. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude. I shouldn't. I shouldn't make fun of it, people. I know a lot of people got really screwed on that. I had Wish quite a bit. I think I actually, I actually made money on Wish. I think Dude, in the we, end, like I think we played Wish when it was seven dollars. Remember? <clears throat> and then it ran to like fifteen or mm-hmm. like twelve, 12 or fourteen or something like that. Yeah, I remember we both made a shitload of money, and then I remember I didn't touch it for a while. Yeah, this thing has just gapped down over and over and over. Yeah, it's that's crazy. disgusting. Uh, are you bullish or bearish on Wish, bro? Dude, I mean, at this point, I feel like everyone has to be bearish. Like, you just can't be bullish. This is one of those stocks, though. This is the thing, dude. Even if you somehow can come up with a bullish thesis, what's the point? There's a thousand other better things Mm -hmm. to play. So, yeah. Bro, and the thing, too, is, is, like... I've thought about this many times. I think I've even like asked you about it. When this thing does reverse, it's going to be crazy. Like it's going to reverse quick and there's going to be a lot of money made. But like there's also the chance the thing doesn't reverse. You and this said, thing becomes a penny stock. Bro. You said like three months ago, you're like, bro, I'm going to start a swing. <laughs> I, dude, I did. I'll be honest. I did. I think it was like, I think it was like maybe like end of December, early January. I was like, dude, I think I should start a swing around 250. And now it's fucking like two bucks. Which yeah. I would have been down like 25%. But like when this thing does reverse, it's going to be nuts. Like it will be like, it'll go to like five bucks. It'll like it's the next AMC, quick. bro. I mean, maybe. Am I an ape? Maybe. Hmm? Am I an ape? All right, I want to talk about one more stock. Um, this one has been absolutely... Oh, shit, dude. I just, I just fucked that up. Um, Mullen. M-U-L-N. How do you feel about this one? Mullen. Holy shit. This Dude, this daily is nuts. It was like it was like up in like the Holy twenty bucks hell. a couple of years ago, July twenty twenty, and now it's like a dollar or it's less than a dollar. What now. the hell happened? Um, if you ask me, I honestly would have no idea. <laughs> I thought it was a stock you like knew about. Nah, dude, I have no fucking idea. I just see this one all over Twitter, and dude, when I look at the daily, I see the biggest ass tweezer top there. <laughs> <laughs> the last like when was that february 28th and march 1st so i yeah. feel like this one is probably going going down some more yeah that is a disgusting chart um yeah it can't get over the uh the 20 ma yeah that's uh that's that's a no thanks i think that's um that's a i'll pass here's that's... here's the deal with this though is it's one of those like I'm pretty sure. Let me Google. I don't want to. I don't want to talk mad shit and then be wrong. Mullen Automotive. I'm pretty sure it's an EV company. Um, Mullen Automotive. Oh, dude. When I when I type in Mullen Automotive, it doesn't even come up. That's how you know it's a shitty company. Sorry. All right. So Mullen Automotive. It's an EV company. Yes, it is. 
And apparently, like, people think it's going to be, like, the next Lucid, blah, 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 blah. They have, oh, like, cars God. on the road, top shit like that. Um, it's it's literally just going to be one of those companies that once, like, all the big car companies actually transition to EVs, this is going to go away. And it's just going to go to, like, five cents, and then they're just going to delist, and then it's going to be an OTC for, like, five years, and then it's just going to – the company's just going to go away. It's going to go bankrupt, and the company's just going to poof. Yeah, dude, 90% of these EV companies are are <clears throat> will be nothing. Um, dude, I think Fisker is going to go under. Look at Roblox. Roblox or BLX? Let me Google this shit. Or let me put this on my trading view. That's What do you that, think about Roblox? That it looks like vomit? Um, I was about I was hoping you were going to be bullish so I could tell you you're an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> it looks horrible. <laughs> Bro, $50, it's not going to be able to get above $50. Like, there's no way this thing can get above fifty dollars. It's gonna oh, go dude, straight. I would start shorting this, uh, or going short on this under like forty three. That's exactly, dude. I was gonna say like forty three fifty oh, under forty three fifty. Yeah, that thing is shortable as fuck. All right. Well, it looks like we got some good plays, dude. Minus six percent today too, Roblox. All right, man. Well, uh, I feel like this was a, a pretty informative episode. We didn't have a guest on, but me and you talked. It's getting so hard now some, with guests. Some game. Yeah. There's dude, we've we've actually popped out so many guests that like I go on Twitter and it's either people that are bullshit that <laughs> that I don't want on the podcast, or it's just me and you. And I feel like I'd rather do me and you every single time. I'd rather not have bullshit traders on who actually are just gonna be like reading from Investopedia with their answers like yeah. they're gonna be googling shit it's mid mid podcast it's so hard too. like <clears throat> just us being transparent like me and you always talk about like you know what can we do to improve the podcast what can we do to you know keep viewership consistent but obviously <clears throat> when we have a guest that's popular we're gonna get more views um and we could totally have people on that would get us views but it's just it just doesn't make sense so you know if we get less viewers by just having us on it is what it is um i don't give a fuck man like i enjoy talking to you more than i enjoy talking to most yeah i like doing that we have on yeah i I feel like we gave a lot of good info today and um we've ran into it where we've had to you know like i don't know just not have certain people on um and I'll do it every single day if we can just keep keep giving people um, actual good traders, yep. um, whether it's me and you, whether it's me and you and a guest, whether it's me, you, and some people who have like 100 followers on Twitter, whatever it is, people who are good traders, I'd rather put them on than the people who have like 25K followers who suck and I don't believe in as a trader. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just not worth it. We'd rather have... You know, and like the guests we've had on, I love the guests we've had on. Um, we've had some good guests. All of them have been good. But again, it's hard. You can't just have the same guest on over and over. And so, you know, I yeah. do enjoy doing the ones that, that are just us. Um, you know, and I think it lets us get into more like broad information because when we have also guests. Also technical, yeah. We get we get tighter into stuff. <clears throat> yeah. When we have guests on, you know, it's a, a lot of the same where we ask them how they're how they started and a lot of the same questions so you know when it's just us we can get into specific topics a lot and um i do enjoy talking about that kind of stuff i agree i agree all right everybody well uh 
leave us a like, leave us a comment about whatever you guys are uh, feeling, whatever you guys are thinking at the end of the podcast. But um, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another another dope episode. Maybe we'll have a guest on. Maybe Hezbollah. Yeah, dude, we're getting Hasbula. <laughs> Imagine if we did, man. That would be so fucking dude, dope. I could die happy. I would probably die that night. Little ha- be like, oh, oh. Little Hasbula with his little hat and his gun, his Glock. I want to know his voice. And his what monkey. His voice sound like? <laughs> his fucking monkey. You've never heard his voice? <laughs> I've, dude, I don't think I have. Dude, it's... Is it high-pitched? It's so fire. Yeah, it's super okay. high-pitched. I'm going to listen to it right after we get off. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. But uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, everybody. I appreciate people that continue to tune in and stuff. So, Yeah, I appreciate yep. everybody, too. Thanks, guys. Pretty eyes, time to make you wonder. Pretty lies on them. Why I showed them my cheap disguise isn't holding over. I fantasize about a life that's over. What's up with you, girl? You've been quiet. You live in my mind uninvited All the lies that you said can be silent I'm trying to get through but you're hiding I'm just trying to see where you are